Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. We're thankful for, for this Thanksgiving holiday. Amen. Got a couple of days off work and kids off school a few days. So we're very thankful. Amen. 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 <laughs> a few, a few uh, days of rest, you know. But when we go through the Thanksgiving and the holidays and you visit family from, you know, both sides, aunts, uncles, cousins, distance, relatives, whatever, friends, <laughs> enemies, whatever, you know, it makes you, it makes you realize how different we are. Amen. It really, it really brought it, uh, brings it to heart. Amen. And I was just, um, always wake up and I try to just start praying in the spirit, you know, and this little song came to me and I uh, tried to preach about it, I think a few years ago, but, um, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have Jesus than riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords to me. Amen. And like I said, when you see other uh, people, other family, friends, enemies, whoever, you know, it's a sad, sad thing. Amen. To think of how the world, the majority of the world, and they act different Thankfully, they act different when we're there. <laughs> they, you know, I was just leaving it at that. But they, well, they act different <laughs> when we're there. Thankfully, but it's sad, you know. And I pray uh, for people all the time, whoever it is. But it's a sad, sad thing to think that the majority of this world, the majority people that I know, are on their way to hell. Amen. That's a sad sobering, horrible, terrifying thought, but it is the truth, amen, it is the truth, and sometimes for us Christians and us believers, especially uh, believing in the message of the cross and Pentecostal and whatever the case, it gets a little lonely, it gets a little hard, it gets a little sad, but just like the Holy Spirit, I feel like brought it to my heart this morning, whether I'm rich or poor, and I say this all the time, whether I have a lot of friends or I don't, or whether I have, drive a nice car or live in a nice house or haven't got a good job or not, I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords to me. Amen. So let's praise the Lord this morning and pray for those that are lost. But whether anybody goes with me, amen, I'm following Jesus all the way. Amen. Whether my... Lost family members get saved or not, and I pray that they will, <laughs> whether they do or not. I'm following Jesus, amen. I'm not turning around Jesus before me, the cross behind me. I'm following Jesus all the way, amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come to you this Sunday morning from Family Worship Center, God, Athens, Tennessee. God, we pray that you bless this church, God. Bless your people, dear God. Thank you, God, for everything you've done for us, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this country that we live in, Lord Jesus. We pray for this country, God. We pray for Israel, Lord Jesus. Everything going on in the Middle East, God. We know that Bible prophecies are being fulfilled before our very eyes, Lord Jesus. And we know that it's soon and very soon that you're coming back to get us, Lord God, he is soon and very, very soon. Church, we're leaving. We're going to a meeting in the sky. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We pray that we serve you, God, all the days of our life. How many ever days we have left on this earth? 
How many ever days before you come back and get us, Lord Jesus, that we will preach the gospel and that somebody will get saved, Lord Jesus. Somebody will get filled with the Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus. Someone will get healed and delivered, God, from this service, from this pulpit, from this ministry right here in Athens, Tennessee, Lord Jesus. Please pour out your Holy Spirit upon us this morning, Lord Jesus. Pray that we will be filled with the Holy Ghost and we will go forth in power, Lord Jesus, this very morning, God. Please bless us and touch us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God. 
myself Said you're gonna bow So I'm telling you to move right now Oh Jesus said you must obey So mountain get out of my way Oh mountain get out of my way Mountain get out of my way from the light I'm so glad I crossed over in time I was driving along the back road I was heading in the wrong direction Satan surely had my soul locked and bound but through God's love and mercy his grace turned me around I'm so glad I crossed over in time well I'm Satan was standing between my soul and the light. But Jesus gave me a light to shine when you say this soul of mine. I'm so glad I crossed over in time. Oh, and I'm so glad I crossed over the line. I'm so glad I crossed over the line. It's 
ready for that great day. Yes, my Lord's getting us ready for that great day. Well, my Lord's getting us ready for that great day. Who shall be able to stand? Oh, they'll be singing. They'll be shouting. They'll be dancing. Great rejoicing. ready for that great day. Well, my Lord's getting us ready for that great day. My Lord's getting us ready for that great day. Who shall be able to stand? There will be singing. Oh, they'll be shouting. They'll be dancing. Great rejoicing. They're gonna be singing, they'll be shouting, they'll be dancing, oh great rejoicing, oh and my Lord's getting us ready for that great day, well my Lord's getting us ready for that great day, my Lord's getting us ready for that great day, who shall be able stand who shall be able to stand oh who shall be able to stand and the only ones that are going to stand are the ones that are on the solid rock Amen. The only ones that are going to make it all the way to the end are the ones who, that Jesus said, who hear these sayings of mine and do them. He's a wise man. He applies my word. He lives my word. He does everything he can to live right. He trusts me alone for everything that he needs. And because he does, I will build his house upon a rock. And when the wind comes, won't knock it down. When the storm comes, it'll still be standing. When the floods and the rain, when everything's over with, your house will still be standing. Why? Because it was founded upon not yourself, not your church, the rock. Jesus is the rock. I like that second song they were singing better than the other ones. It said, I'm so glad I crossed over the line. And there was verse 2 when they were, she was singing, they were singing verse 2 of that. I was thinking about, I wonder if the Apostle Paul was here with us. And he were in here in our service and he were reading the words to those songs. I was heading in the wrong direction. My sins were dark as night. 
Satan was coming between my soul and the light, but Jesus gave me a light to shine when he saved this soul of mine. I'm so glad I crossed over just in time. Amen. Some of us made it by the skin of our teeth. We got saved. We barely made it, but we made it. Amen. We crossed over the line because Jesus got a hold of us. Amen. And I can't wait to be in heaven singing and praising God with all these people that are, that went before us. Heaven is not going to be a quiet place. She was singing, my Lord's getting us ready for a great day. There's going to be singing. There's going to be shame. If you think heaven is going to be like this, like a bunch of funerals, like a bunch of church services, you're in for a big shock because the Bible says that heaven is a noisy place. And I don't mean noisy to the place that it gets on your nerves. Oh, no, there ain't no nerves in heaven. It's all going to be happiness, peace, and joy, and shouting, and praising God. And you ain't going to be able to get enough of it. So you better start getting some of it down here. Amen. Because where we're going, it's going to be noisy. It's going to be loud. Multitudes of multitudes, the Bible, Revelation says, of voices and people praising the Lamb of God. And we have to get ready for it because that's where we're going. Amen. We're going to take up the offering this morning. Good to see everybody. And I know we got people out there are still dealing with sickness and things like that. And just need to pray for people. It's a, it's, it's a hard time for a lot of people right now. Um, people are going through things. It's coming up on Christmas season when people get really depressed. You know that? That the time, the Christmas season is, is a season of depression. For so many people, and partly, partly because maybe the church is not representing what it's all about. If we gave them Jesus and told them it ain't about the tree, it ain't about the gifts, it ain't about a big fat man in a red suit, it's about Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, and He can save you. This is the purpose for why He came. You'll call his name Jesus, Mary. He's going to save his people from their sins. That's our message during Christmas. It's all about Jesus. He wants to save you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to bring you out of your oppression. He wants to bring you out of that darkness. And if you'll just open your heart, he will change your life. And I tell you what, from then on, Christmas will have a whole different meaning. Christmas has never been the same since my wife and I got saved. Never. Nobody had to twist me into believing this or that. It just took on a whole different meaning when you find out what it's really all about. It's all about Jesus. Now, the world uses it to profit. Every holiday that comes, here they come. Come on. We got a product for you. We got Easter bunnies. We got eggs, even though... Easter bunnies don't lay eggs. We got eggs. We got this. We got that. We got candy. When it's really all about the resurrected Savior. Church needs to get back to what all this stuff is about. Amen. Nothing wrong with having little celebrations. We celebrate Christmas. It's just not like it used to be because it's all about Him. Amen. Then it makes it your family blessed. Then your children are blessed when you teach them the truth. Amen. You teach your children the truth about what all this stuff is about. And they grow up learning it. This is what becomes natural to them. So when the other kids say, well, I believe in Santa Claus, and yours says, well, I don't, they learned it. Where did they learn it? From the Word. 
they learn what the Bible says. Amen. I ain't trying to hurt people's feelings over Santa Claus, but he didn't give you your gifts. It was mama and daddy. <laughs> I promise you. Amen. So remember what all this stuff is about. Keep everything in its proper place and celebrate Jesus. It's all about Jesus every day anyway. Amen. Let's pray. We're going to take up the offering. Lord, we ask you to bless the offering this morning. We ask you to move God in this church today. We ask you to touch your people. Lord, we ask you that you would have your way in our hearts. Lord, those that are sick today, those that couldn't make it for whatever reason, that are down, they're oppressed, they're beat down by the devil. Lord, I pray that you lift them up, that you lift their spirits up this morning. Lord, those that are sick in their body. Lord, that are bothered and troubled in their mind right now. God, I pray that you give them peace. A peace that passes all understanding, God. Go to them where they are. Touch them. Touch children. Touch adults. Touch the elderly. Lord, touch all who need a touch this morning. Bless the offering today. Bless the givers. And help us, Lord, to keep in mind what you've called us to do in this church, Lord, and to give to help build this new sanctuary. Lord, we trust you, we thank you, and we know everything's going to be done in your time. And help us, Lord, to stay on that wall, to give, to build, to preach, to witness, to do what you called us to do. And we give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Is there something in your heart between free. 
tree and walk away free. If you nail it to the cross. Praise the Lord. No matter what you've done, if you kneel at the tree, you can walk away free. Kneel at the cross. Jesus will meet you there. The devil wants to make people think that they've done so much that God will never forgive them. He's a liar. The Lord always forgives his people when we come to him. He never turns anybody away. When we mess up, Got any people in the church that mess up from time to time? And you know you messed up and you just go to the Lord. You say, Lord, I'm sorry. I ask you to forgive me. And he says, forgiven, done with, washed, forgotten, go on. If you let people hold stuff over your head, you'll never get beyond it. But if you understand God's forgiveness, you can move past it. Amen. He... He's the final authority. He's the only one that matters. As I say often, it's going to be us and him, you and him, not you and your neighbor when you stand before him, you and him. And it's going to be what did you do with Jesus Christ? What did you do with salvation? What did you do with what God called you to do? You can't put it into the hands of a man. Amen. You've got to put it into the hands of the Lord. Good to see everybody this morning. Pray that you're having a good, blessed week. Been having some decent weather, hadn't we? Hadn't got too cold just yet, so we pray that it won't get too cold just yet, but you never know in Tennessee. If we can flip-flop real quick, but praise the Lord. It's a good day if you know the Lord. This morning, I want you to go to, uh, to the book of Isaiah with me, Isaiah chapter 54. I think I preached from the book of Isaiah not <clears throat> long ago, but I feel like the Lord brought something else back to me couple of days ago from this, cha- this chapter to minister on this morning, Isaiah chapter 54 and verse, I'm going to start reading at verse 11, Isaiah 54, 11 says this, O you afflicted. Tossed with a tempest and not comforted. Behold, I will lay your stones with fair colors and lay your foundations with sapphires. And I will make your windows of a gates and your gates of carbuncles and all your borders of pleasant stones. And all your children shall be taught of the Lord. And great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness shall you be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near you. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against you shall fall for your sake. Behold, I have created the smith who blows the coals in the fire and who brings forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the waster to destroy. No weapon 
that is formed against you shall prosper. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me. Their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we ask for your blessing upon your word this morning, God. We ask for you to touch people today. We ask for you to speak to people. We ask for you to save those that are lost. We ask you to comfort those that are hurting, those that feel lonely, that feel left out, that don't feel like they're worth anything. Lord, you put your hand upon them and show them according to your word what their worth is to you. Lord, every person is worth something to you. We all are. We may not be in the eyes of men, but Lord, you have handpicked every single one of us and you're forming us and you're molding us and you're making us into what you want us to be. And Lord, your, your eyes are always upon us, the word says. Lord, you're always attentive to us and our prayers, Lord, the things that we deal with, the things that we go through. You told us even to bring those things to you and to let you have them so that we can walk away free. Lord, I ask this morning that you move in the church, that you move through the Internet, that you would, again, touch people, those that are sick, that are struggling, those that are beat down by the devil. Lift them up. Lift them up by the power of your Spirit, Lord. Lord, show them that without you, they can do nothing. Without you, they can't overcome anything. Without you, they can't even live one single day. Lord, help us to learn that lesson, Lord. Help us, Lord, to trust you and to believe you for what you have promised to do for us. And, Lord, we know the best is yet to come for your children and your church. And we ask you to have your way today in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to read a little bit of background information from chapter 40 up to where we are this morning to kind of give you a little information about what's been going on up until this period and uh, maybe it'll help us to understand some things. Between the events of chapter 39 and those of chapter 40, it's believed that there is a gap of about 150 years. Uh, Some suggest that chapters 40 through 66 were not written by Isaiah, but come from some person or persons of a later generation. The scene changes from Jerusalem of Hezekiah's day to Babylon in the time of the Jews' captivity. During the 150 years that are omitted, Babylon had risen to power, conquered Assyria in 612 B.C., then from 605 to 587 B.C., attacked Judah repeatedly, finally destroying Jerusalem and taking the people into captivity. The events foreseen in chapter 40 through 48 began to take place during this time of captivity. Cyrus of Persia was overpowering one nation after another in the region, and in 539 B.C., he would conquer Babylon and give permission to the Jews 
to return to their land. God reassured his people that he was the all-powerful one. You know, we need to be reassured from time to time, don't we, of who it is that is really in control of what's going on in our life, in our nation, on the job, in the family, in the world. We have to be reassured of who it is that is in control. The devil is not in control. Now, if you want to be stupid, as I hear Brother Swagger say from time to time, if you want to be stupid and you want to go against God's word and do things your own way, then you open the door and Satan begins to get a foothold in your life. That's your fault. That ain't God's fault. That's your fault. Because the Lord gives us a choice to follow him, to follow his way. And when we do, we're promised victory. But sometimes, even when we're doing things right and things happen and we kind of get our eyes off of Jesus and we start making a mess of our lives, even then, God is still in charge. He's still in control. He, he only lets the devil go so far until he steps in and shows that he is the all-powerful one. Though he had punished them in captivity, he would now lead them back to their land in triumph. He was raising up a deliverer, Cyrus, who would conquer Babylon and release the Jews. There would be a new Israel, a true servant of God, through whom God would save the repentant of all nations. All this would be a demonstration of God's power. For while man-made idols were lifeless, Israel's God was living. Sovereign Lord, the living sovereign Lord, it was he who had raised up Cyrus to free the captive Jews. Babylon's gods would be powerless to save when the day of Babylon's destruction come. The world, there's a destruction coming to the world. There is a hell that Jesus said coming upon this world like it has never seen before and nobody is going to escape it. God is going to judge this earth in righteousness by his son, Jesus Christ. And they had to find out that they were, their gods, their God, the gods of this world, the gods of man's hands, the gods that are made up by the imagination of men's minds. They find out that they are absolutely powerless to save them in time of trouble. You remember when Elijah went against the prophets of Baal, the false prophets, and he told them, we're going to have a sacrifice today, and we're going to have a demonstration, and we're going to find out whose God is real. You say that Baal controls nature. You say that Baal controls the, the lightning and the thunder and the rain. And, and so since you really believe that your God that you have made up by your own hands is able to to uh, work miracles, then today we're going to find out whose God is real. I'm going to give you a sacrifice and I'm going to give you all the time you want. Take all day if you want to and I want you to call on your gods and we're going to find out who answers. We're going to see whose God, whoever's God answers by fire, let him be God. 
Who's ever got answers by fire, let him, whoever sends the fire down out of hell, since you say you're God, since you say Buddha is your God, since you say Muhammad is your religion, since you say that Joseph Smith is the way, come on somebody, well why don't you just call on him? When you get down to nothing, when you don't know how you're going to make it, when the devil has beat you down all the way to the ground, what's Muhammad done for you? What's Joseph Smith done for you? What's the world's religions done for you? But let me tell you what Jesus can do for you. Let me tell you what Jesus can do for you. Because He ain't no lifeless God. He ain't made by the hand of a man. He was formed in heaven by God Almighty. He came to this earth born of a virgin, raised up, lived a perfect, sinless life to go to the cross, to die for you and me, to bring us out of hell, to bring you out of bondage, to bring you out of alcoholism, to bring you out of sin. If you call on Him, you'll get an answer. What in the world? Shut up, devil. Get out of these electronics. You find out what your religion will do for you in time of trouble, don't we? You find out. Let me unplug it and plug it back up. See if it'll stop. Stop. Name of Jesus. <laughs> we find out. That's this is how you find out if your God is real or not. Does He answer you? Lord, please, God, I don't want to, have to hold that microphone. God, please have mercy on me. Lord, you know I can't stand this. Help me, please. Oh, Lord, you're going to have to get another one. We've heard, this, we've heard this before, haven't we? No, Lord, don't punish me, please. Oh, Lord, he's going to punish me. I'm sorry I've sinned, Lord. Please forgive me. You find out who your God is in a time of trouble. You find out if he, if he answers you. Israel, the world, look, the world found out, and even those in false religion find out who God really is, who their God is when trouble comes. We got help in our trouble. We've got, Jesus Christ is not a figment of somebody's imagination. He's a person. He's real. He is God. He is somebody you can go to, somebody you can talk to, somebody that will answer you in your time of trouble. Even though God would allow all these things to happen, He would allow them to be punished, so to speak. He would now lead them back to their land in triumph. He was raising up the deliverer Cyrus who would conquer Babylon, release the Jews, and there would be a new Israel. A true servant of God through whom God would save the repentant of all nations. All this would be a demonstration of God's power. You know, we have a perfect opportunity in America and around the world right now to see God's power made manifest. We, through all the stuff going on, all the attacks, all the political garbage, all these evil people 
that Satan is trying to use to destroy our nation. We have a perfect opportunity in the real church, in the true church, to proclaim the true gospel, the true Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and we can see the power of God manifest, maybe not in Washington, but in the world. Maybe not in government, but on the street corner. On your job, out in this world where people are hurting, where people are dying, where people, as Adam said, are going to hell. We've got an opportunity to see God's power manifest. And I don't believe that we're even near things being over with and then God's done with the church and God's done with America and God ain't never going to do anything else. It's over with. I don't follow that mentality because if, if I'm still alive and God is alive and He's always going to be alive, there's always an opportunity for Him to step in and to move and to do something in the midst of everything going on. We see people falling away from the Lord. We see Christians, we see church, we see churches closed up. We see people fall away from the Lord. That's a sad thing to see somebody fall away from Jesus Christ because you know where they're heading. And you know that when bondage comes and, and sin comes, they're going to be powerless to overcome it. They're not going to be able to defeat it. Because they're not turning to the one that has already defeated it 2,000 years ago. You know, the, Satan, you better be careful who you follow and who you listen to. Because if you're not careful, people will lead you into a, an, a, to a, a, an area in your life to where you can be defenseless against the powers of darkness. If you turn away from Jesus Christ, you are defenseless against the powers of darkness. And that's what Satan wants to lead everybody he can away from Jesus Christ. That's his goal, but the Lord is going to be leading some people to him. Babylon's gods would be powerless to save when the day of Babylon's destruction come. The once proud nation would die in shame. The Jews were to learn to learn from their past mistakes and not to fall into idolatry again. We as Christians are to learn from our past mistakes to not go down that road again. We are to learn. You know, when God lets something happen in our walk with Him, He intends for us to learn lessons. What are you learning through the things you've dealt with? What are you learning through the things that you've gone through since living for the Lord? Are you learning? Are you growing? Are you learning? Hey, no, we, we, we don't go in this direction again. We don't embrace that again. We don't listen to this. We don't follow that way because see, that way took us in a wrong direction before. And anything that takes you away from the cross of Jesus Christ ain't nothing but a false way leading you down a false path and it's going to cause you to end up in a position that you're not going to be able to get out of. Although God had chosen Israel to be his servant, Israel as a whole was a failure. But there were always some who remained faithful. There's always a remnant. And for their sakes, listen, for their sakes, God would restore the nation. I believe it's still the same right now. It's because of the few remnant of God's people left in this nation and around the world. The church has been purged the last few years. 
We've seen a lot of stuff take place, but I believe that those that are truly left, that are standing, that are part of the remnant, says, I'm following Jesus. No turning back. I'm not backing up. I don't care what happens in the world. I don't care what happens in the government. I don't care what happens on the job. I'm going with Jesus all the way. Those few little remnant people, we are going to see God move in a mighty way. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. There can't be any other explanation for what's going on other than that God has unleashed the devil. God has allowed Satan to be unleashed on this whole earth. Things are being shaken up because God wants to do something. God wants to save people. God wants people to hear the gospel of his son, Jesus Christ, and he wants to reach out and pull people that are heading to hell, pull them out of it. He's always interested in just one more soul. Even though there was a remnant, God, for the remnant's sake, he would restore the nation. God's true servant learned obedience and perseverance through the things that he suffered. And that's the same with us. That's what we're supposed to do. We learn how to become more obedient to the Lord. Following his voice, following his way through the things that we suffer is supposed to push us closer to him. To things that we suffer and perseverance. We're supposed to have perseverance to go through the things that we suffer. It might have seemed impossible that mighty Babylon could be overthrown and the nation of Israel rebuilt, but God had done the seemingly impossible in the past and he would do it again. <laughs> may not know how and may not know when, but he's going to do it again. The exiles were to prepare to return. Just as people were startled at the sight of the servant's great suffering, which pictured Jesus Christ, so would they be startled at the sight of his great glory. The sufferer would become a conqueror. That's our Jesus. Judah's exile in Babylon was like the divorce of a wife from her husband. But God would now forgive her and take her back. The exiles would find full satisfaction, not by trying to make life comfortable for themselves in Babylon, but by returning to Jerusalem. You see, we don't need to be trying to make our lives comfortable in this world. I said, we don't need to be trying to make our lives comfortable in this world. We need to turn to Jesus Christ. Jesus said, in this world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. There's nothing that you go through that he ain't there with you in the midst of. In the midst of your burning fire furnace, he shows up. When they throw you in a lion's den and they say they're going to kill you and you're, you're going to be shred to pieces, just lay your head down on the pillow and say, Lord, I trust you. My hope, all my hope is in Jesus. And Lord, there's nothing I can do to stop this, these attacks. There's nothing I can do. Just give me peace in the midst of the attack. God, help me to lay my head down at night when people are mad at me. Help me to lay down in sweet peace while the world is gone nuts. 
Help me, Lord, to put my trust in Jesus Christ. Lord, give me the peace of God that passes all understanding. Be with me in the middle of my tribulation. You're a friend that's just closer than a brother, praise God. Men will forsake you, but God will never leave you. In chapter 54 again, I'm not going to be able to read all of it, but some of it. This is concerning Israel really as a nation, as a whole, and what God is going to do with Israel. But there are promises in here for you, the child of God. When you read the Old Testament, you need to understand there's things that apply to Israel, but there are spiritual points that apply to us. You can make it personal. What God promised to Israel as a nation, He's promised to us spiritually. The restoration that He's going to bring them, let me tell you, He wants to give it to you right now, child of God. You don't have to wait till the, till the millennial reign or the coming kingdom age. You can have restoration and peace in your soul right now because of the suffering servant, Jesus Christ, and what He did at the cross. You and I can have peace. In chapter 54, He said, i got to read some of this. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of your habitation. Spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. What do you mean? Get ready to expand? Get ready for... It don't look like growth is taking place for us. Look like we're thinning out. What do you mean? How in the world is this going to take place? With man, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. So enlarge the place of your tent. Get ready for growth. Let them stretch forth the curtains of your habitation. Spare not. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you shall break forth on the right hand and on the left. Boy, I got a feeling that in the midst of what we're going through, Family Worship Center in Athens, Tennessee is going to break forth on the right hand and on the left and growth is coming. Souls are coming because it ain't over till God God says it's over. And just when it looks like everything's over with is when God steps in and makes a highway just like that. Just when the devil says, I'm going to destroy your church, I'm going to destroy your family, I'm going to destroy your job, the Lord said, oh no, you ain't Satan. I'm going to step in and I'm going to move and I'm going to bring a change in my church. I'm going to bring a change in my people. I'm going to draw somebody closer to me. I'm going to heal somebody I'm going to restore somebody I'm going to raise somebody up from the dead I'm going to pull somebody out of alcoholism I'm going to pull them out of drug addiction Because we got a message for the world I got a message for you, you drunkard Jesus can make you free Jesus can set you free Jesus can turn your world around Enlarge it. <laughs> Stretch it out. Oh, doesn't sound, doesn't sound to me like close it up. Fold it up and forget it. Oh no, God has a plan. Just as God has a plan for Israel, that nation will never be annihilated. And the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ won't be annihilated either.
You see all the attacks that are coming against that tiny nation over there, but nobody will ever overcome them because God said it won't happen. And you know what? I'm a child of the king this morning. No devil will overcome me. You're a child of God this morning. You got power. You got victory through the blood of Jesus Christ. He's your conquering king and no devil can overcome you. Don't open the door for him. Shut him out. Tell him what his future is. Give him what the Bible says. Tell him what the word of God says. I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. There's no weapon that's formed against me, devil, that's going to prosper. You can form them. You can, you can come up with every kind of attack, but as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus Christ we ain't going down praise God we're going up heard Bob Cornell on a past service this morning coming to church or maybe it was yesterday morning talking about the disciples in the midst of that storm when Peter stepped out of that boat and started walking on that water as long as his focus was on Jesus he walked on water as long as his eyes were on Jesus, he literally walked on what a miracle. But the moment the wind began to blow, he began to get his eyes off of the Lord. He began to sink. And that's us. You can't, she said it a while back, and it's true. When are we going to learn it? How, how much do we have to go through to learn this? I mean, I, I hope I finally get to the place where I'm learning it better. In the early years, I stuck my foot in my mouth so much till I finally had to learn, you need to quit saying this and quit saying that and just say, Lord, I trust you, and by your grace, I'm going to make it. It ain't going to be by what I'm going to do. It's going to be by what you're going to do. And you get your eyes off of Jesus, and you begin to sink. But say, without me, you can do nothing. You can't make it one day, one hour. One minute without his grace and mercy. That's what it means. Without me, you can do nothing because in him is the power. In him is the strength. In him is the deliverance that we need. But as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus, look, in the midst of everything going on in this world, there can be some water walkers. This church is a water-walking church. I'm telling you, this church, I'm not bragging on me or us, but you know, the Lord brought us all the way through COVID. And the people were shutting down left and right, churches in this town, some meeting outside, some wearing masks outside. And I didn't, I didn't fall for none of that. I just went to the Lord and said, what do you want me to do? I ain't following everybody else. What do you want me to do? He said, you keep it open and you just tell everybody, invite them and tell them they're welcome to keep on coming to church and you just keep on preaching. And that's exactly what we did and we're still doing it and we're still here. And as far as I know, I'm pretty sure everybody in the church has done had COVID. Me and my wife had it two times. Big deal. Whoop-de-doo. Got over it. Get through it. It, 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 look, it's a thing. Ain't, you can't be scared of a virus. You can't be scared of this and scared of that. Look, life is life. You gotta go through everything. Face it head on with Jesus Christ. We have walked on the water through the midst of COVID and there's people out there that have been watching us. And there's people watching right now that are seeing and hearing God move right here in this church. There's people watching and says, hey, you know what? These people ain't like 
everybody else. That's why it's important that you be here so they can see your smiling face. They can hear your singing voice. They can see your praying hands. And I know I'm, I know we were criticized. I know well, you shouldn't do that. You're putting people's lives in danger, blah, 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 blah. And then people started twisting the Bible to try to say we're, we're endangering people, we're killing people because we're assembling together to lift up Jesus Christ. But I never saw anywhere in the Bible where the church ever stopped preaching, ever stopped traveling, ever stopped telling people that Jesus saves because there was a famine in the land. If anything, they did more of it. The true church don't just lay down and quit when something happens. We have to press through. Why? Because God is up to something. He said, fear not, for you shall not be ashamed. There's no shame in Jesus, my friend. Fear not, for you shall not be ashamed. Neither be you confounded, for you shall not be put to shame. For you shall forget the shame of your youth Boy, I'm glad all of my stupidity of my younger days and the stuff I did is gone, gone, gone. I'm so glad it's gone, gone. Sometimes my mind, my human things come back to my mind from time to time. And I think about things just yesterday, just stuff was hitting my mind, the stuff that I did when I was young, stupid and crazy and, and stuff. And I thought, Lord, it's a miracle. How in the world did I even make it? How... God had to be watching over me. God had to be hearing my little mama say, Lord, save my kids. Get a hold of them heathen. Turn them around. Whip their butt. Do whatever you got to do. Get a hold of them, Lord. And I'm the last one she ever expected to see that happen to. She said he was the meanest one. Never would have believed it would have been him. But see, ain't that what God specializes in? Taking the meanest one. The most awful one, the most wretched one. Isn't that what he did with Paul? He was an awful man before he met Jesus. He was a murderer at heart. He had people put to death. I didn't go that far, but come close to it probably a few times. But God forgave him. He turned him around. He began to use him for his glory. Let me tell you, if you're watching, God has a purpose for your life. If the devil has tried to wreck your life with alcohol, with drugs, with hatred and meanness and and fighting all the time, the Lord Jesus Christ loves you, and he wants to turn all that around and use it for the good in his kingdom. All that arrogance and boldness and, and, and mean and not afraid of anybody, God has taken some of those things that we had, and now he's using them for the good of the kingdom. Look, we need to stand up and be bold against the devil. We need to stand up against those that attack the word of God. We need to have a backbone in the church. Christians don't lay down and let people just use use us like a doormat and do whatever. No, we don't. We stand our ground, praise God. No, we don't go out looking for trouble. We don't try to start stuff with people, but we don't back down, shut up, and sit down because somebody don't like what we say about the Bible. He said, you will not be ashamed. 
For you shall forget the shame of your youth, and you shall not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband. Hmm. I know who my maker is. Do you? He's making us into something. He was forming Israel as a nation, and he is forming us today as a people. The Lord of hosts is his name, and your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. Let me speed up a little bit to get through this. Let me get back to verse 11 of chapter 54. Oh, you afflicted. Are you afflicted this morning? Are you beat down? Has Satan put fear in your heart? And tried to make you think that you're not going to make it. I got a word for you. Oh, you afflicted, tossed with a tempest, and you're not comforted. Behold, the Lord said, I will lay your stones with fair colors and lay your foundations with sapphires. This has to do with what God is going to do in the future with Israel as a nation. But I believe it also applies to us as individual Christians. When you think it's over with, when you're not comforted, when you're going through dark times and you seem to be surrounded by enemies and it seems like nobody's there to be with you, the Lord says, I'm making plans for your future. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, thoughts of peace and not of evil. I'm going to give you a future and a hope. I'm going to prosper you. He said, I'm going to make your windows of the gates and your gates of carbuncles and all your borders of pleasant stones. This speaks of the new Jerusalem that's coming one day, coming down from God out of heaven and out of so much disaster and so much debacle and things that are going to take place. How in the world could anybody ever believe that we would expect experience a heaven on this earth but yet God said there's a new Jerusalem being prepared right now in the making it's coming down one day from God out of heaven and it's going to be a glorious land it's going to be a glorious place to live in there's not going to be any sin there's not going to be any sickness there's not going to be any devil there's not going to be any more tax against your family no more tax against your mind praise God because you're going to live in a land of peace forever listen to this and all your children the children shall be taught of the Lord parents your children have to be taught of the Lord now why because that's what's going to bring their peace in their times of trouble You teach your children to go to Jesus. They learn how to have a one-on-one with them. When they go through hard times, when they're at school, when the world and other kids are coming against them, the Lord will give them a peace in their heart, a peace that I can't give. I can only give so much love to my daughter and to that little baby, but I can't give peace into their soul, but God can. Your children, I know again, this speaks of Israel as a nation and all the children in the coming kingdom of age. But again, this is personal, church. If we teach our children, the Lord will give them peace. Verse 14 says, In righteousness you shall be established. Righteousness. 
Who is our righteousness? Jesus Christ is our righteousness. The Bible says he is the end of the law for righteousness. He, we are the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. We don't have any righteousness in ourselves. Coming to church don't make us righteous. Reading the Bible don't make you righteous. Being baptized in water don't make you righteous. It's having a relationship with Jesus Christ, accepting him into your heart as your Lord, as your Son. Savior, then when you do, you are declared as the righteousness of God by the blood of His Son. We've got to be, the church has got to be established in His righteousness, not our, not a works righteousness, but God's righteousness. And when we are, we'll be established. But listen, what else will happen? You shall be far from oppression. <laughs> Just think about it for a minute, what you were like before you were saved. The oppression, the depression, the emptiness, the loneliness, all life without God. But now, you're in your right mind. Now you've been delivered from the power of sin. Now the power of sin has been broken in your heart and life. You're not under the dominion of Satan anymore. You've got a new king. You've got a new leader. You've got a Lord and Savior that's establishing you in righteousness. And he wants us to be far from oppression. Yeah, we all go through things at times. But God doesn't want his children oppressed of the devil. He doesn't want you oppressed to the point to where you're so weighed down by all the things going on that you can't function. He wants you to keep your eyes on Him, allow Him to have His way, and He will establish you. He'll strengthen you. He'll give you what you need, but He's going to make you far from oppression. The world is depressed, oppressed, and messed up. But you see, we're here today in our right mind. I don't have to walk out of here today scared and worried to death about how I'm going to make it. I know how I'm going to make it. Jesus, I'm going to make it. There's a hope down inside. It don't come from me. It comes from the Holy Spirit. He's our strength. He said, for you shall not fear. Fear is a big thing for a lot of God's people. If you approach everything that we're dealing with in this nation, in this world, in this society, in the natural, you will live in fear. You have to see these things in the spirit realm. That God has allowed this stuff not to bring fear to his people, to bring courage to his people. To bring help to his people. You shall not fear and look from terror, it shall not come near you. You don't have to worry about, you don't have to be in fear of what, what if this happens? What, what if, what if, you got to get the what ifs out of your mind and live with what is. Jesus has got everything under control and Satan's job is to get you away from that. That's exactly what he wants, get you to trust in yourself, get you to trust in what's going, get you to look at everything in the natural and say, there's no way we're going to make it. Honey, what are we going to do? I, we, we, we can't make it. Yes, you can. Because God said you can. You hold to his unchanging hand and you're going to make it. 
You and your family are going to make it. You and your children are going to make it. God has something in the making for his people, church. It shall not come near you. It reminded me of Psalm chapter 91, one of my favorite ones I memorized when I first got saved. It says, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by noonday or that flies by night or whatever and destruction that lies waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Do you stand on God's word? Do you believe God's word? Do you read God's word? Do you read his promises to you? That's who's going to make it. We're going to make it, praise God, because we're going to trust the Lord. This church is going to make it because we're going to trust the Lord. Thomas and Melissa Clymer are going to make it because we're going to trust the Lord. Michaela and Malachi is going to make it because they're going to trust the Lord. Roger, you're going to make it because you're going to trust the Lord. Mildred, you're going to make it because you're going to trust Jesus. Grace, you're going to make it because you're going to trust the Lord. Y'all going to make it because you're going to trust Jesus. Adam, you're going to make it because you're going to trust the Lord and your children and all your house. We're going to make it. Lucas, you're going to make it. Brian, you're going to make it. Melissa, we're going to make it because we got somebody, praise God, and holding our hand. Autumn, you're going to make it. Brother, you're going to make it. Because we got somebody higher than the heavens, praise God. We got a reaching down hand. God said you're going to make it. We have a test is Israel. You got to get out of that mentality. Get into the New Testament. You'll find there's promises that are for you. Let me read the rest of these verses. Behold, they shall surely gather together. This speaks of enemies that will rise up against Israel, thinking they're doing God a favor, attacking God's people. Anybody that thinks they're doing God a favor by attacking you is stupid. They're a fool. And they don't even realize what kind of condition, what they're, what they're putting, what they don't realize the danger that they are putting themselves in. Because I don't care whether it's a nation of Israel or if it's an individual child of God. When you start attacking God's children and you think you're doing God some kind of favor, you're a fool. People do it. It says, it said, whosoever shall gather against, against you shall fall for your sake. Enemies will fall because God will take care of them. These nations that are trying to rise up against Israel will fall because God himself is going to handle them. The Lord said, I have created the smith who blows the coals in the fire and who brings forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the waste to destroy. God is in control of everything. Even when you're going through the fire and he lets the heat get turned up, he's still in control. And he's got the devil on a leash and he's going to take care of the old devil, the old waster. He's going to take care of him in time. No weapon that is formed against you, you need to make this personal, shall prosper. No weapon. It didn't say that weapons won't be formed. It said they won't prosper. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And look, in every tongue, Another one of Satan's weapons, the tongue that's full of deadly poison, cannot be tamed by a man, but God can take care of it. The tongue, 
Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me. You can't condemn those that God has justified. You can't destroy those that God has redeemed. You can't annihilate that which God has promised that he's got his hand on and that he's going to take care of and that he's going to bring to pass in the last days. Let me give you a verse here I want to read in the closing. My arm actually feels pretty good. I preach pretty good with this thing. I guess I'll have to use it tonight again. Pray for me. Maybe by some miracle we can get this other one healed. Revelation 19, verse 11 through 16. Listen to this. And I saw heaven open. This is during end times. This is when Jesus comes back. The second time when he puts an end to Satan's kingdom and all the evil ruling upon this earth. I saw heaven open, John writing, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. Look, and in righteousness he does judge and make war. His eyes were like a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven, you know who those are? Us. The armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. (laughs) Judgment is coming. And with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I'm telling you this morning, that's my king and that's my Lord. And no weapon that is formed against his people will ever prosper because he is in control, church. The devil ain't in control. God is still in control. Amen. Stand to your feet, Miss Grace, would you come? We'll give an altar call this morning. For those of you that may be going through things, Maybe you're here and you're not right with the Lord. Maybe your heart's not right with the Lord. And you need to make things right with Him. He loves you. And I want to tell you, it doesn't matter what you've done. I don't care how much you've sinned. I don't care how far away you've gotten from Him. He still loves you just like He always has. And nothing you can do will ever change how much He loves you. If you don't know him this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to to pray. Let's bow our heads. If you don't know him this morning and you need to make things right with God, today's your day. Right now is your moment. If that's you, I want you to slip your hand up and say, I want you to pray with me, preacher. I need to make things right with God. I need to return to Jesus. I need to repent. I need to come back to the Lord. I haven't been living for him. And I know that I need to make things right with him. If that's you, I want you to slip up your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to pray for you. 
that you can make things right. If you're watching through that camera and you're in the same condition, the Lord will touch you right where you are. If you're not where you need to be, you're backslidden, the Lord still loves you and He has not changed His mind about how He feels about you. As Michaela gets ready to sing it, listen, if there's anybody in the church, anybody here you need a touch, you're going through something, you're hurting. Bring it down here and lay it down. Get your eyes on Jesus today. Nail it to the cross. If there's something you need to bring, come on. And lay it down. And drown your pain with every stain in mercy flood. Nail it to the cross. Is there something in your heart between you and the Lord? Are you drifting apart, not as close anymore? There is nothing you can do that he will not forgive. Bring it to the cross. Let it die so you can live. Oh, nail it to the cross. Get it under the blood. Drown your pain with every stain and mercy flood. Oh, nail it to the cross. It's got you battered and bound. Are you struggling for strength? And do you long to lay it down? Don't take another step. Just kneel where you stand. Lay it at the cross. Take the hammer in your head.
mercy fled, you can nail it to the cross. Find hope and forgiveness. Just kneel at the tree and walk away free. Oh, nail it to the cross. Oh, nail it to the cross. Get it under the blood. Drown your pain in every stain. In mercy flood, you can nail it to the cross. Find hope and forgiveness. All you got to do is kneel at the tree. You can walk away free. Just nail it to the cross. Praise the Lord. Have you been touched this morning? You've been blessed. Have you been picked up a notch? You know the gospel will pick you up when you're down. I was watching Brother Swaggart preach one of the old crusades yesterday, and he said, you know, when the word goes out under the anointing, it, it's, it's kind of strange, but it does so many different things for so many different people. It can bless one person, heal one person, deliver one person, but somebody always gets something from the Word of God. That's the power of God's Word. Amen. Praise the Lord. Listen, tonight the Lord has given me something, and I don't know, it may turn into a couple of weeks or something or so, but I believe the Lord has given me a subject to start on tonight entitled, What It Means to Be Saved. And how many people out there who don't know what salvation is, and how many people in church who really don't even understand what being saved is, if that's you, need to come back tonight. You need to come anyway, but those through the internet, watch tonight and come back to church tonight and we're going to pick it, start it and take it however long it goes. So come if you can and we'll see you then. God bless you. We hope you were blessed by the live service from Family Worship Center in Athens, Tennessee. Our weekly services are Sunday at 10.30 a.m., Sunday at 5.30 p.m., and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Watch us live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee. Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118, Athens, Tennessee 37303. For more information, you can call the church at 423 744-0774.